Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to Extra the Podcast. I'm Melvin Robert. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to hit that follow button so that you never miss a podcast. We have a very big episode for you today. Ariana Maddox is heating up the dance floor on Dancing with the Stars. She opens up to Extra about her new man and why she isn't shy about showing her ex, Tom Sandoval, what he's missing. Then, has the time finally come for a Spice Girls reunion? Ginger Spice, a.k.a. Jerry Hallowell, spills all the tea. But first, Selena Gomez and Francia Raisa have a long history. The pair initially became fast friends about 16 years ago, and Francia even gave Selena one of her kidneys. But it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Extra spoke to Selena and Francia, who were on the red carpet for Selena's inaugural Rare Impact Fund benefit, which supports youth mental health. Take a listen. Congratulations on this evening. Did you ever imagine when you started Rare Beauty that you would have this much of an impact? Uh, Definitely not. No, I, I truly wanted that to be something that would happen with the brand is changing people's lives ultimately. And I would love that to happen. And now that it's happening and I'm here, I couldn't be more excited and grateful. How has listening to other people's stories helped you on your journey? I think we're not alone. I think sometimes when you're there to listen to a friend going through something, it allows you to understand other people and having them heal you through listening to what they're walking through and it connects you and it bonds you but you have to trust the right people to do that and the last time i spoke to you was when your documentary came out congratulations on that and again just having such an impact and helping so many people You've become such a mental health advocate for young people. Was that what you set out to do? I don't think so. I think it um, just, I happen to be really passionate about this cause, and I am really grateful that I have a platform so I could use my voice for things like this. And you've got friends here this evening. Martin Short is hosting. He's hilarious. He's going to have, I'm already like laughing thinking about him. Okay. Have fun and congratulations again. So good to Lovely see you. to see you. Hi, Hi Martha. Martha. You look so cute. You look beautiful. Thank you so much. You and Selena were coordinating this evening. That's did what you? I heard. So you didn't put this together, the two no, of you? No, we didn't. Well, the only thing we put together was our spray tans. No, seriously. We hung out the. Uh, I think it was yesterday and or two days ago, and I said, "Girl, I'm getting a spray tan. I know we're supposed to have dinner, but like, can we just stay in?" She goes, "Girl, me too. Just come to my house." So I went over there. So our spray tan is matching, but we didn't even talk both about the dress. We were both in like silver gowns. Oh, I wow. thought you'd like worked it out together. Uh, Beyonce inspired, I guess. <laughs> we're still in our Renaissance era. How proud are you of Selena? You've known her for how many years? Have you known each other now? And when did you meet originally? I think I want to say it was in 2008 that we met. So it's been what 16 years? I was 19 years old. I'm 35 now. I can't really do math. I hit my head earlier. And how did you meet? Okay, so we, um, when I was on The Secret Life of the American Teenager on, free, on 
ABC family at the time. She was on Wizards of Waverly Place. And Disney had the stars of their shows come down to the children's hospital and just visit all of the kids. And they put us all in groups, and she was in my group. So she came up to me and she goes, you know, my mom had a teenage pregnancy. She was 16, and we love your show. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. I love your show. And then we started talking, and we both had boyfriends at the time, and we started, like, kicking, talking about our boyfriend and your boyfriend. And then around the time that my boyfriend and I broke up and her and her boyfriend broke up, she called me. She's like, I'm going through some stuff, and you've always been so nice to me. I'm going through a breakup. I was like, girl, me too. And then we have just were inseparable after that ever since. And you've been there for each other through so much yeah. I mean your journey and what you've been through together is incredible did you ever think you would go through these things together absolutely not no I mean listen a lot of what we went through get through together we trauma bonded which is beautiful but also it can get rocky and tricky you know um, you know people grow relationships change but obviously you know I treat her like my little sister she treats me like her older sister and I don't know any relationship that goes through things that is like it's just I don't know any relationship that has it's perfect they all go through things and so when you know our situation came up and everything I mean no I never pictured that but obviously I've never you know regretted it and I'm happy that we're here today you know yeah. celebrating and you know supporting each other and each other's endeavors you know she has her brand coming up and I have mine which is salsa and you know I, I'm really appreciate that she's supporting me in that journey it's beautiful how you support each other and like you say all relationships have rocky moments tips highs and lows yeah I mean look at high school sweethearts I know a couple and like I can't imagine growing up with someone I am a different person today than I was last year or even when I turned 30 I'm 35 now and even you know when Selena turned 30 I'm like it's different isn't it she goes yeah and I said welcome to your 30s now we can get to know each other again and the awareness she's bringing to mental health yes the impact she's having what do you think about that Listen, like I said, we trauma bonded, and so I think it's beautiful that she's bringing so much awareness to it because we both have seen each other go through so much, and I'm on my own journey of finally expressing myself and what I've gone through with my mental health regarding everything. I'm not used to the media, and honestly, I've looked to her to figure out how to even navigate all of this because I'm like, girl, you taught me. I, I don't know this life. I don't know how you do it. So, you know, through all that and then just honestly sharing it with the audience it gave me the courage to start sharing with my audience, and I think it's impressive and um, honestly beautiful that two powerhouse Latinas are finally speaking out about something that is not really known within Latin households. And you posted that you've got some exciting yes. things coming up. So is there anything you can share with us? Yes. Yeah, so um, I have been teasing that I have this salsa, famous salsa that I make. And I can finally say that it's coming out very, very soon. Um, I will be making an announcement within the next two weeks about when that will be launching. I'm coming out with a red and green flavor. And I'm really excited for the world to finally try it. So, girl, I was like, I have my rare beauty in food. Is Selena a fan? Does she love it? Oh. Has she tasted it yet? Oh, well, I've cooked for her since we became friends. You know, when she and I started becoming friends, I really started introducing her to, like, more Mexican, Latin cuisines. I would take her to my mom's restaurant. She wasn't so in touch, and she fell in love with it. And so I was always cooking for her. So when I told her that this was happening, that I was actually finally pursuing it, she goes, of course it is. That's the most you thing I've ever heard. And she was like, I love it. That's amazing. And she's been very supportive of it. You know, I made some cute little merch that said, no beef, just salsa. And she was like, she, you know, and... Um, she's like, whatever you need, girl, I got you. So I'm pre I'm really grateful. I'm really happy to hear you're both in a really good place. You know, sometimes I feel people need to spend time apart in order to grow. 
individually and then come back together. I think that's what relationships are about um, with family, friends. I mean, even sometimes in relationships, I know some of the best couples broke up for a while before they came, got back together. And like I said, you know, we trauma bonded which is so beautiful, but we were also very young. I was 19 and she was 15. And then I turned 30 before her and you know, we, we had to almost kind of go on our own journey and kind of grow. And now, you know, I'm, I'm very happy in my career, in my endeavors. And I don't know if I would have been able to do that if I didn't have to really take some time for myself and figure out what the hell was going on with me because I wasn't okay. But you're okay now. I'm okay now. Okay and I now. and just for the record, had nothing to do with the kidney because I don't want any clickbait. No. Had nothing to do with that. No, I, because there's been so much speculation about that. You know, I went through a lot in my childhood, and I'll be talking about it very soon, um, about what, exactly what happened. And like I said, she's been such a huge support through all of that and just such cheerleader for me through all of that. And just her stuff is a lot more public than mine. So I'm choosing to make mine public just because I think it's important, again, you know, the way she's speaking out as a Latinx woman. I've gone through a lot of the similar situations, but as a first generation Latin American, which is a little different than what Selena went through. And I think it's very important for us um, Latinas, um, Latinx people to start talking about it. Because again, we're out here, we're everywhere. And, you know, our story is important. Couldn't have a better friend to guide you through Thank everything, you. could you? Yeah, no, I looked at her for everything. I'm like, girl, I don't know how you held it to these paparazzi. I hate it. But every time they catch me, I'm like, all right. She said, always smile. Yeah, I'm yeah, smiling. Smile. And I thought it was slick trying to talk about the stars and the moons and avocados. And I was like, well, that bit me in the ass. Whatever. But I'm learning. I'm learning. At one point, one of the paparazzi was like, you're getting better. I'm like, shut up. No one teaches you how to handle this. I'm like, I'm just trying to walk my dog. Thank you so much. So nice to nice see, to see you. you too. Congratulations. Thank on you everything. so much. I appreciate it. You can learn more about Selena's Rare Impact Fund by visiting rareimpactfund.org. Next up, Ariana Maddox is taking the dance floor by storm this season on Dancing with the Stars. And the Vanderpump Rules star hasn't been shy about showing her ex, Tom Sandoval, what he's missing. Extras Megan Wright caught up with Ariana and her partner Pasha at rehearsal, where Ariana dished on her new man Daniel Way, and also what the reality star really wants people to know about her. I feel like I'm interrupting something right now, so I'm gonna try to be quick. I have Ariana and Pasha with me. It's so amazing for you guys to let me come in and interrupt, you know, rehearsals a little bit. So you're not, this isn't like your first time I don't want to say dancing, you have somewhat of a background in, is it gymnastics or? Uh, cheer and like okay. competitive dance, but we're talking like 20 plus years ago. <laughs> so it's like night and day doing it now. A little bit of muscle memory, do you think? Maybe, like I understand like what an eight count is, you know, but beyond that, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure it's helping me out at all. I feel like it has to with the first week, the judges were already wowed. What do you think, Pasha? What surprised you the most about Ariana? Um, surprised? Oh, uh, a lot of things. First of all, the fact that she has a pet spider. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the, the really surprising part. But um, in terms of dancing, I think it's the knowledge of the music. Um, Ariana knows every artist, every lyric. And she when she listens to it, she listens to every single little detail and every beat. And I think she pushes me to choreograph, you know, and like really accent all the different things in the music that she hears. So I think there's like this good collaboration going on. How quickly is she able to, we're gonna pretend she's not here. How quickly is she able to pick up on the new moves and you know, as you begin to teach her? 
I think it depends. Honestly, uh, I think with Ariana, it's like everything is upside down. The things that I think she's going to pick up like this takes a bit longer than I expect. But then things I'm like, okay, this is the hard step. So let's <laughs> prepare mentally. And then she picks it up like this. So like it's, a, I don't know, an opposite day, but every yeah. day. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about two, maybe let's pick two things that surprised you. One in a good way, and then one in, a, in something that may have been more challenging than you originally thought. Mm. I would say in a good way, what surprised me just in general about, about the entire process is just really how supportive and amazing like everybody is. Not just the other pros, but the other celebrities. Like we're all like, we have this amazing camaraderie, I feel like. And then the one thing that surprised me in a negative way is just, not negative, but just in a weird way, I guess, is that, you know, doing the dance full out with the emotion in front of the audience, you know, I may have like messed up something I've literally never messed up in any rehearsal ever, ever. And then of course, like in that one moment, I like kind of did it, but I'm not gonna say what it is because maybe nobody else noticed. We didn't notice and don't be so hard on yourself because we are all rooting for you. You did mention the stage. One of the biggest differences between, uh, and it's just you two, you know, in the rehearsal and then when you get on stage, is it adrenaline? Do you pretend like no one's around? It's definitely adrenaline. I mean, I, f I feel like the people are a blur because, you know, I'm like spinning around and stuff. So like, really, I can just see, I know they're there. I saw them before I started, but I can't really see anybody. You said in uh, one episode, I'm going to quote you here, scandal doesn't define me. So what does define you? Who is Ariana Maddox? I feel like what defines me is my love and my relationship with my family and friends and my work ethic and my dedication and determination, maybe? I love that. Now talk to me about some of those family and friends who may be there to support you. I know your now boyfriend was there also. Yes. Is it more nervous when people are there? Would you rather nobody come or do you like the support? <laughs> I really like the support. Actually, I think I was I was actually worried a little bit that it would make me nervous um, seeing them, like if it would take me out of my element or put me in my head. But then ultimately, like when we went down and we were doing like our teaser before the commercial and they were literally right there where we were standing, seeing them feeling that was actually really helpful. I loved it. Something that I kind of noticed too, it's like when we meet somebody, we kind of put it in our head as like, this is who this person is, right? So we've met you on Vanderpump Rules, mm -hmm. so we know you from Vanderpump Rules. And then when Scandal happens, we know you from Scandal. But now you're getting this whole new audience and Dancing with the Stars. Tell me, is it one exciting and two, what are some things that you want people to know about you that are just meeting you for the first time? Oh man, um, it is really exciting. Um, I have to try to not lean into my people pleasing type, like part of my personality that really just wants everyone to like me and just be like, I'm just gonna be myself. Um, I think that um, I just want people to know that, you know, I am a 360 degree, three dimensional person. And yeah, I can be one way, but I can be other ways as well. You know, I feel like when we're goofing around and rehearsing you know i might be like kind of silly and dorky but like i'm gonna turn it on yeah. i'm gonna get sassy when i need to i have to talk about that outfit 
The outfit, I loved it. Anybody who watches Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules knows that outfit. Yeah. We love it. So some people are saying it's your maybe your revenge, Vanderpump Rules revenge outfit. Sure, what do you yeah. say to people who say that? And what was the inspiration behind that look? Um, well, the inspiration was definitely my reunion dress. It was brought to me from the amazing costume people who work for Dancing with the Stars. And I thought, yes, absolutely, let's do that. Obviously make it so that things aren't going to like fly out anywhere and bedazzle it a little bit, but it was perfect. And, you know, it was Andy that coined the revenge term. And when he said it, I was like, you know, I hadn't really thought of that, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And Pasha, were you a fan of the show prior to meeting Ariana or is this your first introduction to her? This is my first introduction. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. This is my first introduction. And I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse, but um, I don't know. I get to, you know, like I come in with no expectation, with no um, stereotype in my head or anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm coming in and it's like an open book and a fresh start. And you know what I mean? We are um, working together from scratch. So I kind of like that. I love it. So I'm going to just, you know, take a little look-see at the rehearsal and then I'm gonna okay. like moonwalk on out of here that's the only move I got it's not very good um and yeah so have fun today thank you, thank you. thanks thank so you. much don't miss Ariana and Pasha Monday nights on Dancing with the Stars and okay could a Spice Girls reunion tour actually be happening extras Monacosar Abdi caught up with Ginger Spice aka Jerry Hallowell to talk about her new book and about why now might be the time that all five Spice Girls finally reunite. So Jerry, I'm gonna interview you now, okay? Is that okay? I'm just kidding. Um, congratulations on the new book. Oh, thank you. So Rosie Frost and the Falcon Queen, yeah. tell me about it. I felt like the world needs a new hero, mm -hmm. someone ordinary and, um, you know, not alpha, just, is someone that's vulnerable, that's a new hero, and about, it's about finding the courage you never knew you had. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while to write her, and it's a big adventure story, yeah. and it's for everyone. Um, yeah, and she's coming out soon. Definitely, so there's, it's fantasy, adventure, there's no Prince Charming now. No, so the point is that um, the girls save the boys, mm -hmm. and the boys do cry, but they're still strong. And Rosie Frost, she doesn't slay dragons, she saves them. So hopefully, if you, if you like history, conservation, or just adventure, you'll connect with it. I also want to wish you a happy birthday, oh, a belated you. birthday. Oh, but thank you. Nonetheless, uh, how did you celebrate? Well, um, I did have a big birthday, and I was 50, and like, it was pretty amazing because, first of all, I'm grateful for you know being healthy and and to celebrate one's age. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. And okay, so when I was a little girl, I used to love Shirley Bassey. You know, she sang all the James Bond songs. Yep. She came to my birthday and she sang Happy Birthday to me. No. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and Dolly Parton, the Dolly Parton, the Dolly Parton. She's amazing. Yeah. She she sent a message. I mean, she's a Falcon Queen. Yes. Like, Falcon Queen is anybody that has courage, is beautiful from the inside out. Um, it sounds like you're describing yourself, honestly. You're uh, a Falcon Queen. Oh, thank you. So are you. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> um, I do believe that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I feel like when you were in the Spice Girls, you that was the message that you guys were spreading, girl power and, yeah. and empowering young girls and women 
it's almost like a full circle moment to then be able to continue spreading that message. Yeah, I think it's, it's an evolution. Yeah. The language continues, but it evolves. Uh, it gets deeper, it gets wider. And, you know, I'm, I'm always learning. I don't have the answers and I'm, I still make mistakes no matter how old I am. But I think we can learn from the past mm -hmm. and also from the future. You know, there's, there's younger people than me. I think, wow, you're amazing. You inspire me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from history, queens from history. Or you've got Maya Angelou. Okay, she wrote, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Mm -hmm. She inspired, she's inspired me my whole life. Um, Oprah, she's a falcon queen. Amazing. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's some amazing women out there. So you talked about getting inspiration and advice, but there are five guys that I think need advice from you. NSYNC recently just reunited, and you know a thing or two about reuniting. Yes. Um, what would be your message to them? They're back together now. I think it's been 20 years since they were last in the studio. Uh, what would you? What message would you give to NSYNC? You know, I think it's like family, or or if you went to school with, if you went to university together, mm -hmm. you're always going to have that commonality and love. Mm -hmm. And I would say just enjoy it, enjoy each other, and and, and continue that joy. And then it just brings out. That's wonderful. Definitely. Um, and there are rumors of a reunion tour. You guys did a reunion tour. Tell me what. What advice would you have? But also, what did you notice about when you guys got back together and you were on tour with the fans, the reception from the fans? You know, for me, it's the Spice Girls belongs mm -hmm. to the whole world. Mm. And it's about sharing that joy. And, um, and I always love it when I'm with them. And, you know, if and when that happens, do you know what I mean? That would be a, a joyful moment. Uh, you talked about celebrating aging. Mm -hmm. um, but you also said that you want to be able to do it naturally. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by that? I think, you know, that's a very interesting question. And, you know, if I'm honest, of course, when I look in the mirror, I, you know, I'm vain. Do <laughs> you know I, mean? I think, oh, I want to look my best. Um, but I also look to other women, say, how do you age without, with celebrating who you are, not trying to be younger, but being the best? And that's what, you know, I strive to do. Um, you know, I love seeing, like Meryl Streep, I think she's fantastic. Um, Oprah, um, Judy Dench, you know, so, that, so it tells me that it's okay to age. Yeah. Because um, otherwise it's another way of marginalizing who you are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think just be proud that you managed to get older. So, yeah. Do you think there, there is messaging out there of like, you have to keep up, you have to, you know, almost try to age backwards? I think that the, the only, like, um, shield we have in any challenge in life, this is what I'm learning, yeah. right, is I think good self-worth. If I can give my daughters or my friends, my brothers and my sisters self-worth to be who they are, because there's always going to be that sort of outside peer pressure, no matter what we do. I think that's your, your vaccine. Um, yeah, so I try to endeavor to have that. You know, I want to say this, and this is the truth. I don't think I would have had the success I would have if it wasn't for America, because when I was a little girl, my mum was out working, and so... I used to watch a lot of American television, like yeah. uh, The A-Team, Charlie's Angels, Rocky. Yeah. And America gave me that influence that you're allowed to follow your dreams. Everything is possible. 
and um, you know, I still have my British humour and <laughs> quirkiness, but I feel like America mm -hmm. and Britain, we're like first cousins. Yeah. So it's such a, a joy to be here. Aww. I do. Well, we are glad to welcome you with open yeah. arms. My last question, though, is Formula One is actually coming here to Las yes. Vegas. Are you excited? Amazing. <laughs> I've got to say, you know, obviously I'm a bit biased, yeah. um, but it's, I, you know, Formula One is brilliant and there's so many girls in STEM, science, technology uh, and maths and getting involved with it. And I love the Austin race. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and they've got a slogan. I love Texas very much. Mm -hmm. And they have this slogan in Austin. It says, keep Austin weird. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it says to me, be yourself. I really, and then the Texans, they have such good manners. Yes, they really do. Really good manners. I really like that. We call that the Southern hospitality. I love the Southern <laughs> hospitality. I think, you know, Americans are always so, like, uplifting and optimistic, mm -hmm. always being very welcoming to me. And, um, yes, so it's going to be in Vegas. So that is going to be very exciting. Well, we love having you here. Um, do you, I mean, I think Victoria and, Beck, and, and David are going to be there as well. Do you guys plan a mini reunion or do you guys? Um... Yeah, I'm always happy to see them. <laughs> yeah. And we tried to remain very supportive of each other. So, yes, I have seen David lots at races. He comes too. Oh. So it's really nice. Always good. Oh, and I'm sure they're going to pick up Rosie Frost and yes. the Falcon Queen as well. Well, it's for everyone. My, my hope is that, you know, everybody enjoys it and gets something out of it. Definitely. Jerry, thank you so much. Oh, for thank joining. you. Jerry Halliwell's new book, Rosie Frost and the Falcon Queen, is out now. Next, Elizabeth Hurley has been passionately talking about breast cancer awareness since she first teamed up with the Estee Lauder Company's breast cancer campaign about 30 years ago. She opened up to extras Mona Kosar Abdi about her extremely personal connection to the disease that affects 13% of all women. You just came back from lighting the Empire State Building. How was it? It was fabulous. We've been lighting the Empire State Building pink for years. The first time I did it was in 2000. Mm -hmm. And we, we love to do it to kick off Breast Cancer Awareness Month because somehow by lighting that beautiful building bright pink, it really sort of helps to push our message home that breast cancer is still out there. It's still affecting people. It's still killing women. And that's why we're still in the fight against it. And you've been a global ambassador for the SA Lauder companies for nearly 30 years. Every year you push that message, as you mentioned, about breast cancer awareness, early detection. What keeps you coming back? I think during each year from when I see you one October and then mm -hmm. see you again, I've met so many people that have been affected by breast cancer newly in that time, either someone who's been diagnosed or someone whose mother or sister or daughter has been diagnosed. So it's still, it's always stayed very fresh to me and then we hear about the progress people are making in the research labs and we hear about the new social programs we're doing and the medical aid we're giving and it just it's always built right from for the 28 years I've been doing it every single year there's been another milestone to hit another milestone reached and it just keeps going I mean it's in spite of all the progress that's been made still one in eight of us would be diagnosed with breast cancer in our lifetimes. That's 13% of all women. Only last year, breast cancer became the, um, the most, most diagnosed cancer in the world, and breast cancer is the cancer that mostly kills women. 
So, you know, those are still terrifying statistics in spite of the progress that's been made. And the progress has been amazing. I mean, even since the late 80s, mortality rates have dropped 43%. So many people are being diagnosed, but more people are surviving. So we're on the right side, but we just, we just have a long way to go. Definitely. And a large part of that is early detection. Can you reiterate just how important it is to get checked and get checked early? It's incredibly important to get checked early. Early detection saves a vast amount of lives. And it's quite interesting. I was talking to one of the scientists that we worked with in London the other mm -hmm. day. And he said that today it's very rare to have a very big tumor that he's presented with. Whereas he said, when we started this campaign, most tumors were big by the time they saw them. Now they're caught earlier, and hence survival rates, if a breast cancer is caught early, is over 92%, mm -hmm. whereas it used to be 72% way back of a five-year survival. So that means that um, breast cancer is being found earlier and is much, much more treatable. It's essential that we check. And in fact, um, new guidelines have just come out to say that women should start their mammograms at 40 not 50, as was previously recognized, because more younger women are being diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, a huge message out there, too, because, again, a lot of people wait. They think it's something that they do in their 50s. They do. Um, but it's not. I mean, they're recommending that the age be moved to 40, but there are women in their 30s, women in their 20s that are getting diagnosed as well, right? There are, and I've met many of them, and the only way they are going to get diagnosed is if they feel there's something wrong and they go to their doctor, mm -hmm. which is why self-checking is also very important when you're below the age of a mammogram, and just getting to know your breasts, being familiar with them, and going to the doctor if you're scared, if you find something that seems a little unusual, and there's a lot of information out there about what is unusual, but you only really know what's unusual for you by knowing your breasts. Definitely. Um, this is a disease that has personally affected your life as well. Your grandmother passed away from breast cancer. Do you, do you then resonate with the women that you speak to? And it's a, it's a, a topic that is closer to home because of that personal connection that you have. I think it is. And when Evelyn Lauder asked me 28 years ago mm -hmm. to join her in this campaign, my grandmother had only quite recently passed away, so it was very fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. And what Evelyn had said to me at that time was that breast cancer is killing women and no one's talking about it. Because back then, there was no pink ribbon. Nobody went on television talking about breast cancer. Um, I think there were very few, if any, survivors mm -hmm. or people going through treatment that would talk publicly about it because there was a big stigma around breast cancer mm -hmm. and a sense of shame sometimes and embarrassment and that really didn't help. So one of Evelyn's first things was to get the conversation started and to get people talking about breast cancer and to get over the embarrassment of talking about breast cancer. And since that's happened, and it really has because I meet young women now who can't imagine a time when there wasn't a pink ribbon, can't imagine a time when there wasn't October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But for my generation and for my grandmother's generation, there wasn't, there wasn't one. When my grandma was diagnosed, we didn't really know what breast cancer was. We were all scared of it too. Mm -hmm. And I think through the research, the fact that back then we spoke about breast cancer and now we know there's so many breast cancers, they're not all the same and they're not treated the same. They have really targeted treatments now so that it's much less of an ordeal for many women when they go through treatment 
because the targeted treatment means they only receive the treatment that's actually going to work for their cancer, not just for breast cancer, when everyone got blasted pretty much with the same drugs. That doesn't happen today. And we talked about, as you mentioned, um, when you signed on to become a global ambassador, your grandmother had only just recently passed away. Do you feel like over the course of these last 30 years that you have been able to honor her, her legacy um, through the work that you're doing? You know, I think my grandmother would be astounded to mm -hmm. see the breast cancer world today compared to the one as it was when she left it. Mm -hmm. um, I just said there was no pink ribbon when my grandmother died. Nobody was sitting on TV talking about it. I would never have been sitting here in my pink shirt telling women to be aware, to self-check, to go for their mammograms, to talk to their doctor, to make sure their girlfriends and female friends did the same. Yeah. Um, she would be, she'd be flabbergasted yeah. and thrilled, I think, that I still talk about her and unfortunately use her as an example of how we used to be. But I, I know that she'd be proud that I still use her name to help, to help others. So, as you mentioned, there have been so many strides in the positive direction. Do you believe that there will be a world one day where we're able to completely treat breast cancer? I'm told by all the scientists that we support, and that there are many of them, research scientists, and they're fantastic. They've all said the only thing standing between today and a cure is funding. So at our campaign, we've raised $118 million over the years. $93 million have gone straight into research. And the more money we can raise, the more scientists we can support. And I truly believe that there will be a cure for breast cancer. Cannot wait for that day. I'm sure it would be very important and touch many lives as well. Elizabeth is doing such an amazing job spreading awareness for breast cancer. And just to remind everybody that early detection is key in saving lives. Now to this, Anne Hathaway and Peter Dinklage play a married couple on the rocks in their new movie, She Came to Me. Extra talk to Anne and the film's director, Rebecca Miller, about why they were so excited to work together. Well, thank you guys for being here. I'm really excited to talk about this movie because She Came to Me is such a unique take on romantic comedies. I love romantic comedies, but... Um, Rebecca, I'm going to start with you. How did this story come to you? Because it is so different and hilarious. I'm well, you know, the idea, I had these disparate ideas that I wanted to approach. Like, I wanted to kind of, the idea of the two young people who are in love, who are like, teenagers basically but are really the love of their life in the love of their lives and are wiser than the people than the older people around them and then i had the 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 i had written a short story called she came to me about a writer who walks into a bar and it, who's blocked and he gets unblocked by a woman in the bar but then he, I, he turned into an opera composer and she turned into a tugboat captain and then then i had the you know the character of patricia who's a who's a, a therapist who has a secret kind of uh, relationship to the divine that doesn't really match her life. And so I thought, like, how do I bring all of these things into one story? And that was the great challenge. It was like, it was like you know, braiding them all together. And it took years, actually. It was quite difficult to do. I can really imagine. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Patricia. Patricia is a very unique character. Um, how do you know that Anne is perfect for that role? Well, I don't, the combination of her 
comic gifts and her emotional engine, which is so big. You know, because it's a very emotional part, but it also has to be funny. And it, it, those two things, and just her essence, like it just seemed like her purity. There's a purity to the character, and, and she has a kind of purity about her as well, Annie. So I just thought, I thought that would be perfect as well. It was an amazing match. Uh, and I have to ask you, you said in the past that you're choosier now in the roles that you take. When you saw this script, what was it that spoke to you and made you want to take part? Well, I mean, I have a green light director list and very much is, ve Rebecca is very, very, very much uh, at the top of it. Um, I just wanted to work with Rebecca since I was a, a literal teenager. And the fact that it was in this story, this script at this time in my life and it shot in New York and it was set in the world of opera, and my character wanted to be a nun. <laughs> and then as the cast filled out, it got it meant that I was gonna get to work with Marissa Tomei, the queen of comedy mixed with total grounded, character-based heart, and Peter Dinklage, who, I mean, I can't say enough things about him as an actor, and as it turns out, he's an amazing human being to spend time with and to act with. I mean, it was, it was such a, pleasant and pleasurable and an easy yes to say and i'm and i'm so happy that that amid my like choosier era that this is this is one that i i had the great fortune to choose i i kept running up to rebecca in between takes and i would just like just go oh my god rebecca love is weird <laughs> <laughs> and and um and weird can be so fun and kind and and inclusive and 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 I don't know, it just, it can be, it can be, I love your word, generous. Yeah. And the idea that there's room for everybody here is, is really exciting. What was it like just being on the set and interacting? Um, and you mentioned that you love working with Peter as well. Oh, I love, love, love. It was just, um, I know, it was a great hang. It was a great, you know, <laughs> I, I know we're all maybe overusing the word vibe, but it truly was a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, at least my portion of the film, um, we were kind of uh, shooting in one location in that absolutely beautiful townhouse. And I know in your portion of the film, you guys were shooting also in confined spaces <laughs> in, in a tug. And so, like, those are the sorts of sets where you really get to know, like everybody's on top of each other, and and you know, we're we're trying to do the best we can not to get COVID, and um, but also like make proper connections. And Peter and I, in the rehearsal process, we talked a lot about how our characters needed to have anti-chemistry because sort of like what you're talking about, when Marissa's uh, character walks into my character's office, you're expecting one thing and then something very different happens. And in the case of Patricia and Steven, uh, Peter and my characters in the film, they're a married couple. I think we're very used to seeing marriages break down because they are dysfunctional and because they're toxic or violent or maybe all of these things. But the question that I thought Rebecca posed and, and, the, and the situation that she created was, what happens if a marriage isn't working because it's too functional? <laughs> and the idea that like something could be stiflingly efficient and that um, actually we as human beings need that sort of that rallying cry of the heart. We need that passion. We need that something that, you know, kind of um, sharpens our teeth in a way that makes them use them with kindness and gentleness. And so anyway, that that idea of, of all of that, and it was all there in the writing. So Peter and I wanted to come up with something that was full of anti-chemistry, the idea that you would really want to watch it, but you would also totally understand why two human beings wouldn't want to be in it. 
Definitely. That was a great answer. Um, because again, I walked away just saying love is weird. Mission <laughs> <laughs> accomplished. Love the movie. And thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. much. Thank you. She Came to Me is in theaters now. That's all we've got for you today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra the Podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next week.